Today is actually considered the Sanctity of Life Sunday, the third Sunday of, of, uh, of January. Um, <clears throat> but the Lord laid on my heart last week, or a couple of weeks ago, actually, to, to talk about um, uh, how the church uh, in uh, the book of Acts, how they began to walk in the fear of the Lord, and I wanted to share some more on that with you today. But before I do that, I wanted to share you something. I took a little clip out of the Sword of the Lord. I don't know if you all read it or not, um, but the last Sword of the Lord that came out had a, um, a pro-life news and views in there. And uh, I just wanted to share that with you because I, I honestly believe in the bottom of my heart that one of the reasons that there's been multiple millions of babies killed in the mother's womb. And um, <clears throat> I think a lot of it is because there's a lack of fear, even in the hearts of Christians. We don't fear God the way that we should fear God. We don't honor him the way that he deserves to be honored. We don't recognize how holy he is. We don't, we don't, sometimes I just don't think we have um, the respect for life itself the way that we should. But I wanted to share a little bit of this, uh, out of this clipping uh, from you before I uh, shared the message with you this morning. But it's, it's called Pro-Life News and Views, Exposing and Opposing Abortion, Inf Infanticide, and uh, Euthanasia. That's coming too, folks. You, know, you understand what Euthanasia is? After you hit a certain age, they want to give you a pill and, and kill you. That's what, we're, that's what they're headed for. I know one of the biggest um, individuals that's behind that is Bill Gates. Bill Gates is the biggest one behind euthanasia. Well, he, he can be the first one to step up and take the pill as far as I'm concerned. Because, you know, he's, he's not getting any younger. None of us are. But it gets, you know, when we're to the point, they've already, they've already talked about this pretty heavily in Canada, the euthanasia. But, but I'm not going to read all this to you. I just want to give you a little bit of the highlights. It says 3,900 British women hospitalized after botched abortions in 2021. That's, that's 3,900 women had to be hospitalized because of botched abortions. If you ask me, they're all botched. Uh, and then the, that, I'm not going to read all the thing. I'm just going to give you the headlines. 49 abortion centers. <laughs> here's good news. 49 abortion centers closed in 2023, and now in the United States, 14 states are abortion-free. Praise the Lord! I mean, that ought to get us excited, folks. But I will give you the name of the states. Alabama, Arkansas, Idaho, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, and West Virginia. All those are the states that are abortion-free. Isn't that wonderful? And the fact that there were 49 abortion centers closed, that's just, oh. That's the great news. Now, here's more bad news. Biden wants to force every hospital to kill babies in abortion. Our leader, quote, our leader, wants to, wants to enforce the killing of babies. But it says at the bottom, it says over 130 abortion clinics have been closed since 2022. And folks, I'm telling you, the reason that this stuff is being allowed to take place ever since back in the 70s when Roe versus, Roe versus Wade began was because there's a lack of fear. I believe that with all my heart. Christians don't walk in the fear of the Lord. 
And a lot of people don't understand that. They think, well, God's just a God of love. We've we got to do everything in love. And, 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 and I'm, all about, I'm all about godly love. But I'm also about the fact that my God is a holy God. Amen. And he's a God to be feared. And last week when we closed, I think the last verse I shared last week was out of uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 29 where it said, For our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. And that's exactly what he is. Don't think for one minute that God forgets about all this evil that's taken place. God will have his day, folks. He will have his day. So today, if you would, open your Bibles, uh, please, to um, Acts chapter 9. And I'm just going to read um, the last verse that, that, we, that we went through, which is verse 31. Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. And if you remember the story correctly last week, uh, this was a time when the Apostle Paul, when, before he became the Apostle Paul, it was Saul of Tarsus, and he had gotten saved on the road to Damascus. And the church at that point was in, living in a lot of fear. It was the beginning of the church in the book of Acts. Uh, briefly, a little bit after the day of Pentecost, but the churches were scattered at those days and they, the, the gospel was able to be spread because there was so much turmoil at that time and persecution at the church because the church, all the church people wanted to stay in the church in Jerusalem, but God said that's not good enough. So it's kind of like throwing a pebble in a pond in order to get the, those ripples to go out, in order to get the gospel spread out. Uh, God actually allowed persecution in the early church. And it caused the Christians to disperse. They had to go out beyond Jerusalem. They had to go other places. And as they went, they spread the gospel. Think about it. If it had just stayed in Jerusalem, we wouldn't be here today, folks. But because of the persecution at the church, and the, church, the, the, the Christians began to disperse, and that took the gospel out to many, many nations after that. And that's how we got the gospel today. Because of persecution. But Paul was one of the leaders in the persecution of the early church. And, and he got saved on the road to Damascus when, when Jesus confronted him. And, uh, and, and, he, and he told Paul, he said, "For I, I will show him, talking about Paul when he was talking there in verse 16, uh, how great things he must suffer for my sake. Paul suffered tremendously for the sake of, of Christ. And I think a lot of that was probably because he caused a lot of suffering before he became a Christian. Uh, we don't always get to uh, choose the consequences of our decisions. Just like these ladies that commit all these abortions, murder their babies. They don't, they don't, get, to, uh, they don't get to choose what consequence they're going to face one day. Um, even though God, say, God will save, they will be forgiven uh, by the blood of Christ. But any, anyway, after all of this happened to the uh, Saul of Tarsus, and he became the Apostle Paul later on, says, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea. The churches got comfortable again. They, 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 they got a rest, and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified. They were lifted up after they found out, especially that Paul was no longer persecuting the church. And let's listen to what it says here. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit were multiplied. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you, Father, for the, for the, the blessings that you pour out on us each and every day. And, Father, this is, the, uh, this, this is um, Sanctity of Life Sunday. And, Father, we don't want to forget all those babies that have been murdered down through the years, down through the, the, the ages of time. And abortion just it didn't begin at Roe versus Way. It was happening way before that. But it was illegal. It was just made legal that day. And so, Father, we pray, Father, for uh, not just those babies, but for those mothers. We know where the babies are, Lord. They're in heaven. They're with you. 
all 60 plus million of those babies are in your presence. Thank you, Father, for that. And I pray, Father, for uh, the doctors that, that encourage this. I pray, Father, for the leader of our nation, Father. Uh, Lord, he needs to be saved, Father. This man needs to get saved. And all of our leaders, Father, they need to hear the, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Their hearts need to be convicted. And, Father, they need, they, need to, they need to feel the fear of God. And so, Father, I pray this morning that you would open our understanding to your word, that you'd speak to our hearts. Lord, give us what we need from heaven, I pray. And, Lord, if there's one soul here today that needs to make a decision, Father, help them not to leave this building without making that decision. Ask all this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> Last week we talked about the fear of the Lord a little bit and, uh, and, and how when we go before God sometimes, especially when we feel like we've offended God in any way. If you've ever done anything to offend God and if it doesn't scare you, mm, there's something wrong in the heart, folks. I, I, and, I, and I've used the example a lot of times about my dad. And my dad, my dad was a disciplinarian. <laughs> Probably one of the best disciplinarians I ever knew. <laughs> but I'm telling you, when I did wrong and I offended my dad, I knew what was coming. And I, and I knew that if we were in church or no matter where we were at, I knew when I got home, I was going to get the wrath of my dad's belt. My dad, did just, he didn't just whip me with his hand. He hit me one time with a two-by-four because but you know what? It happens. Um, you didn't make my dad mad if you were one of his children. Uh, now, my sister, on the other hand, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how she did it, but she didn't give me whippings as I got. But I don't even know if my brother did. But, but anyway, that's okay. Um, but I, it wasn't that I didn't love my dad. I loved him with all my heart. But I'm telling you, I knew when to be afraid of him, too. And I think that's the kind of a God we serve. We've got to love him with all of our heart. But I think at the same time, I think there's got to be a little bit of fear in every one of us. And I think that's why the world's in the condition that it's in today is because we as Christians have gotten so... Complacent, absolutely. We have become complacent. And a lot of it is because we have taken God and we put him in a box and we stuck him on a shelf and we, we said, okay, when I need you, I will come and get you. But if I don't need you, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to use you. Only when I feel like I need you. We seem to forget we need him every moment of every day, of every second of our life because we can't even take a breath without God Almighty giving us that breath. He's the one that sustains everything in our universe. And I want us to understand the importance of walking in the fear of the Lord. And from the book of Proverbs, we learned several verses out of the book of Proverbs. I didn't get through all this last week. God willing, I'll get through it today. But uh, I wanted to share some of these with you last week out of the book of Proverbs. But in Proverbs 1, 7, it tells us, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you ever notice, when, someone, when you try to share the gospel with someone that's got a really, really hard heart, all they want to do is argue. They want to put up their dukes and they want to fight you right off the bat. They don't want to accept that the word of God is true. And there's a lot of Christians out there who try to pick and choose. They go, oh, this is a good verse. I'll use this verse. I won't use that verse. I don't like what it says. This verse over here, I'm not going to use that verse because it says now where remission uh, of these is, there is no more offering of sin. And that's weird. I opened up to that verse just flipping my Bible back and forth, forth because people don't want to admit that they cannot go to heaven without 
the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ only in His precious blood that He shed on the cross of Calvary. They've gotten away from that, folks. We've gotten away from, uh, from the pulpits, people preaching about sin and saying what sin is all about, and they've walked away from it. But people need to understand that there is no knowledge outside of fear of God. There's got to be a fear of God in the lives of Christians. It goes on down in Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13. The fear of the Lord will cause one to hate evil. You want to learn to hate evil? Fear God. Because God hates evil. He hates sin. And it says clearly in Proverbs 8, 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy. It sounds like the people of the day's world, doesn't it? Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. God can't stand a smart aleck. He can't stand somebody with a smart mouth. And, you know, I've ran into people that's got very, very smart mouths sometimes. And, I, and, and one of the things that really, really annoys me, and it should annoy every one of us as Christians, is when they take the name of Jesus Christ in vain and they use the name Jesus as a cuss word. They use it as a cuss word. And it's like every other word that comes out of their mouth is nothing more than profaning the name of Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross for their sins. I... I, I, I I could give you several examples down through the business years that I was in, in, in the business world and uh, how many times somebody has seen the, taken the name of Jesus profanely and I've had to say, oh, do you know Jesus? He, he's my Savior. He died for me. He died for you as well. And, and boy, it make them mad. Oh, they'd get so mad. But, but you know what? When we fear God and we respect Him and we honor Him the way He deserves, then we will learn to hate evil ourselves. And you know, that's, today, today is Sanctity of Life uh, uh, it's Sunday, and, and I tell you, we ought to have a hatred. Uh, we, have, we need to have a righteous hatred in our hearts towards that kind of murder. Taking a child from its mother's womb where it's supposed to be the most protected place in the universe. And then they take that child and they rip it apart limb by limb. I, I thought about having a video and showing it today, how that actually happens when they rip that baby limb from limb. And that's because those mothers have no fear of God. They don't understand. What if that would have been them in that womb? Would they still support that if their mother would have, would have, would have, would have said, okay, I'm going. I mean, there's been people that's lived through botched abortions. I've heard their testimony before. And to think that, 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 that they just, oh, it's, it's my body. It's my body. That body inside of you does not belong to you. It belongs to God. It belongs to God. It belong, God gave it to life. And we have got to learn that birth begin, life begins at conception, that very moment that that baby is conceived. It's alive. It's a living soul. And that ought to make us mad and angry inside anytime somebody talks about abortion. It ought to frustrate the tar out of us. But because they don't walk in the fear of the Lord, they don't hate evil. They love evil. And it, makes us, it should make us so angry. Proverbs 10, 27 tells us the fear of the Lord will prolong life. You want to live long on this world, in this world? It's because you got to fear God. The fear of the Lord will cause you to live a long and prosperous life. Sometimes we shorten our days in this world because we choose to do something that we know is evil, but we don't get to choose the consequences of our sins, folks. Our, the decisions that we make, we can't choose, okay, I'm going to live till I'm 190 years old, uh, and I'm going to live this lifestyle. No, it doesn't happen, folks. You don't get to choose the day that you die. But I believe a person can, shoot, can shorten their life by the lifestyle that they live. What you put in your body will kill your body, or it'll make it healthier. 
The things you put in your mind will kill your mind. The things you put in your eyes will kill your soul. We got to be careful, folks. We have to make sure that the fear of life is in every one of us. And if we can't, if we can't understand that, if we want our years uh, to be long and we want to be prosperous in our days, we've got to learn to fear the Lord. It goes on in that same verse of uh, Proverbs 10, 27. But the years of the wicked shall be shortened. They don't live long. The devil will try to prolong their life. There's no doubt about that. You know, I asked my dad one time. I said, Dad, because we were... We, we, there were some problems in one of the churches we attended, and we, we ended up leaving the church. But anyway, I asked my dad, I said, how come God allows things like that to go on? How come God allows pastors to stand up behind a pulpit, and they, preach, they try to preach the gospel, but they live a lifestyle that is immoral, it's pathetic, and I heard about a, a guy here a while back. And, and the sad part of it is it's happening in the independent fundamental Baptist movement, folks. There's a lot of pastors out there that's, uh, that's, that's had sexual sins in their life. And there's, another, uh, there's this one pastor that I've been kind of keeping an eye on. Uh, he's, trying to be, he's trying to stand up against it because one of the ex-pastors in the church he was in had, had, had caused uh, a lot of grief in some of the women's lives in the church. And that's why I tell you folks right now, I will never meet with a woman alone behind a closed door unless one of the deacons are with me or my wife is sitting there. As a matter of fact, you come in my office right now back here, I've got a camera set up because I've got a responsibility to protect myself, but even more to protect my testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's a lot of preachers out there that don't do that. They'll go behind a closed door with a lady and they'll, 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 they'll oh, Men, protect yourselves, plain and simple. Be a godly man. Women, be a godly lady. Don't, don't get yourself caught up in something you, you're going to regret. But, but, but this one guy, was, he was actually the head of a college. And, and uh, this, this pastor found out what was going on, and he, he got involved. And, and now the guy's up for charges. Praise the Lord! Amen. He's getting what he deserves. Anybody that stands behind the Word of God and uses it as an instrument to be able to grossly defile somebody else's body ought to stand before a judge and be thrown into prison. Amen. Plain and simple. The fear of the Lord provides strong confidence and is a fountain of life as well. Proverbs 14, verses 26 through 27 says, The fear of the Lord is a strong confidence, and, has and, and his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Folks, when we learn to fear God, it'll keep us safe. You want to walk in safety in this wicked world we live in? Fear God. Fear God. The fear of the Lord promotes one, of, one to depart from evil as well. It causes us to run from it. I remember when I was a kid, there was a, every now and then there was something that through your mind as a kid. I'm going to go do this. And then you think, uh-oh, if I do that, what's my dad going to do? Well, you know what? It works the same way as you get older. Think twice before you do something, because especially when you think about what's your heavenly father going to think about it? What's it going to do to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ if you don't learn to fear his name? And verse, Proverbs 16, 6 tells us, By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Run from evil, folks. Because you know what it's going to do, not just to you, but what's it going to do to the heart of the one who was crucified on the cross? There's, thing, there's things some people do that it makes me wonder that when they do it, do they not realize that as Jesus was hanging on that cross... 
that those nails got worse and worse. Those wounds became worse and worse. That blood dripped longer and longer because of the sins that they may be committing right now. Because that blood of Jesus Christ went all the way back to Adam and it's going to go all the way to the end of, of the world as we know it right now. And, and, you know, preachers don't preach about the blood of Jesus anymore. They don't preach about repentance anymore. They hide away from that kind of stuff because they don't want to offend somebody because it's a hate crime. No, we don't do it because we hate people. We do it because we love people. We do it because we love them. We don't want to see them spend an eternal life after this life in a place called hell, that evil place called hell. Folks, we need to tell people. Our hearts should break when, when we, we see the world and the way that, that, that man has lost their way and, and they can't find their way back to God because nobody's afraid. Nobody's a, 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 nobody has that, 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 that awesome fear of what can happen when they choose to do something that's wrong. The fear of the Lord leads to a satisfying life and spares one from a lot of evil in their life. Proverbs 19.23 tells us the fear of the Lord tendeth to life and he that hath it shall abide satisfied and he shall not be visited with evil. You want to keep evil out of your life? Fear God. Be afraid of what God can do. Go back and think how God poured the plagues out on the, on, on the nation of Egypt when he was wanting his children to be let go. Yeah, some of, some, they, some of the, uh, uh, the, the sorcerers and stuff at that time, they said, well, we can do that too. Every time Moses did something, they, did, they tried to do the same thing. Like, 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 you know, Moses threw down his rod, it became a serpent. They picked it back, back up, it became a staff. And, and Pharaoh said, well, he looked at his, his evil, his sorcerers and said, can you do that? Yeah, they threw their rods down and it became serpents too. But what happened to their, their rod? Moses' rod ate theirs up. It ate it up. You cannot, you cannot outdo God. Nobody can, folks. Don't forget that, that we, need to, we need to be walking with God in fear. It says the fear of the Lord is the way of, to riches, honor, and life. Not that it's going to make you rich. There's more to riches than there is than money, folks. You can live a very rich, full life without a lot of money. You can. But it says, it says, Proverbs 22, 4 tells us, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Without the fear of the Lord, uh, we close ourselves to the treasures of heaven's wisdom, folks. And we don't want to do that. We got to have the treasures of God's wisdom and knowledge. Uh, and when we don't fear the Lord, we flirt with evil and, 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 and we become corrupted by it. Don't, think twice before you decide to do something that's evil. Think about how it makes God feel. I mean, he was willing to give his, he, he gave his only son and allowed him to be persecuted and put to death. And, and don't think for one minute he's going to hold back his wrath one day on those who choose to deliberately reject his son. And they, they decide, I don't want nothing to do with Jesus. I mean, I've talked to people before and I've shared the gospel with some people and they don't want nothing to do with it. They don't want nothing to do with it. The last guy that I witnessed to, I told him, I said, brother, I, I couldn't call him brother. I said, I said, buddy, I said, my hands are clean. I shared the gospel with you. I told you how to get to heaven. You, you reject that. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to wake up one day and you're going to wake up in hell and you're going to remember this conversation. You're going to say, I wish I'd have listened to Roy. I wish I'd have listened to Roy because my hands are clean. Make sure, folks, your hands are clean. Do it in the fear of the Lord, understanding that if you don't share that gospel with someone, that person is going to be cast off to eternity in a place called hell. It's real. It's as real as you're sitting in that pew right now. 
It is real and it's evil. It's wicked. And, and they, have these, they used to have these bumper stickers and stuff that said, well, I'll see you in hell. Or, or, or people make fun of it because they have no fear of God. in their, They have no idea what's beyond eternity, folks. There's, you want to know what's beyond eternity? It's in the Word of God. Jesus talked more about hell than he did about heaven. He did. Why? Because he was trying to put the fear of God in people. He wanted people to understand that, look, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to give my life. I'm going to shed every, almost every, I think he shed every drop of blood in his body. I really do. I think when Jesus died on the cross and they, they plunged that spear into his side and out gushed blood and water from the side of him, I believe at that point, I believe every drop of blood came out of him. Because it, 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 not that it took it, it could have just been one drop because his blood was so pure and so, so precious and so righteous and so holy that it could wash away every sin that was ever committed or ever will be committed in the future. I believe with all of my heart that he shed every drop of blood that day. Every drop of blood came out of his body. And that he did that for this world. How can anybody deny the fact that Jesus loved them if he was willing to do that, to lay down his life? We have got to learn to develop a fear of God. And, we've got to, we, and, and, and you know, if the world doesn't see that we fear God, they're not going to be afraid of God. And I think that's where it all started at back in the 70s when, when, when people were, they were, they were more focused. Instead of focusing, I believe, on what was important, Let's just fill our churches up. Let's just get as many as we can. Uh, and I, it, it worries me sometimes uh, that easy believism is what they called it at one time. You know, let's just... The fear of the Lord comes through the Word of God. I bit my tongue right there, folks. I want you to know I bit my tongue. I got... you. you It ought to break our hearts. It does mine to think of the fact that if we could just get, if we could just get, we need to understand. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with all thine heart. And thou shalt be saved. We have to understand, for by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves. There is nothing at all that you can do or that anybody can do to accept Jesus Christ, except believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that unction has to come from the Holy Spirit of God from inside the heart, folks. I want us to understand as a church, there's more to salvation than meets the eye. It's simple, but I think we've complicated it. I think we've complicated salvation sometimes, made it harder than what it actually is. I think we've got to learn to develop the fear of the Lord because the fear of the Lord comes through the word of God. Just as faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, I think the more that we as believers stay in the word of God and the more that we dig into God's word, I think it's going to put a little bit of fear in our hearts, and it should. It should scare us. It should, it should, it should put God's fear in our hearts. I want to get through this today, so I'm going to keep on going. As one reads God's Word, they gain a healthy degree of fear, the fear of the Lord. And, and the Apostle Paul, he felt the fear of the Lord on the road to Damascus. 
when Jesus showed himself as a light to, to Paul on his way to Damascus, it knocked him to his feet. The others saw the light. They didn't hear the voice, but they saw the light. And um, we've got to consider the, the, the words of the Apostle Paul. He says, or despisest thou, in, in Romans chapter 2, verses 4 through 11. He says, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance, but after that hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Folks, don't ever forget that God is the judge and he is going to judge us individually. He's going to, he's going to judge us as a church. Um, the word of God properly used will maintain a proper balance. And I think there's got to be a balance in our life as Christians. There's got to be a fear and a holy reverence of God. And, and we've, got, we've got to understand the difference. Some, some, some read only about the portions in the Bible that talk about God's love and God's mercy. And, you know, that's, that's, all, that's all good and well, and it's important. It's important that we understand the love of God. But along with that, we've got to realize that God's the judge. He's the judge. And, and th this thing where, where we, <laughs> people kind of misuse things and they, they, they say, judge not that ye be judged. Um, you know, Jesus said also, ye, ye shall know them by their fruits. We have a right to be a fruit inspector, folks. Jesus is the ultimate fruit inspector. But before you point a finger at somebody else and decide you're going to judge somebody, look in your own heart. Make sure your heart is what it ought to be. God's grace and forgiveness for those, his grace and forgiveness for those who will, are willing to repent and turn from their evil ways because they fear what eternity holds for them is important. The psalmist said in 89.7, he says, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. So why do we need to fear the Lord? So we'll be, more, we'll be sure to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. I don't believe that means that you can choose how you want to be saved. There's only one way to be saved. Jesus said it. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No, matter, nobody come, no man cometh unto the Father except by me. It's only through Jesus Christ anybody can be saved. But I believe with all my heart that the moment um, when I sat up here Sunday night with little Addie and was going through some scripture with her and talking to her, and sharing with her, I, I, the, the moment she told me that she believed that Jesus was God, that Jesus died on the cross for her sins, and she told me, she said, I said, I said, I said, have you ever done anything wrong? You ever done something bad? Oh yeah. I said, I said, what'd you do with it? She said, well now I can tell Jesus, I'm sorry. Folks, if that don't tear us up, nothing will. If that don't tear us up, nothing will. She believed in her heart that God rose Jesus from the dead. Think about that. A little child. And Jesus said that you come unto me as a child, as a little child. That's just, folks, I'm, we're missing the mark, I think, sometimes. We're missing the mark. We're making it too complicated for people to be saved sometimes. And I said, do you care? I said, can I pray? She said, I said, I said, you want to pray with me? She said, you pray. And I prayed with her. 
But God knew what was in that young lady's heart. She wanted to be, as she told me, she said, she said, Pastor, she said, she gave me some gifts too. <laughs> give me a little baggie of things she made for me. But so she said, she said, she, she looked at me, she said, Pastor, she said, uh, I can't be here every week. I said, I understand that. So she has to be with her daddy. And her daddy needs to be saved, folks. And I believe in my heart that if we as a church pray for little Addie, and we lift her up every single day that she will grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I told her I'd get her, get her a Bible. And we'll get her a Bible. We'll probably have one, I guess. But um, in, in, the only, what saves a person, folks, is what's in the heart. Putting their faith and their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says it all. For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. She understood that. I said, is there, I said, is there anything you have to do? I believe in Jesus. She believed it with all of her heart. Let's not complicate it. Let's not complicate salvation. It's not that hard, folks. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you know that he died on the cross for your sins? Do you feel like you can go to him when you do wrong and say, Father, forgive me? And know that he forgave you? With the proper fear of the Lord, we will, like they said in Philippians 2.12, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, as ye have always obeyed, not in my, as in my presence only, but now much more, now much more, uh, in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We don't labor to get to heaven. And, and, and working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, I think we've, we have so complicated things that people feel like they've got to do something themselves in order to get to heaven. I don't want our church to ever think that. It's nothing that we do. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Christ. It's all about what he did. It's nothing about what we do. It's all about what he does. And, 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 and having therefore these promises, it says in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God, maturing holiness in our lives every day because we are afraid of what could possibly happen. Saved or not, if you're saved here today and you know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're still living a life of sin and you're living in evil, I'm telling you right now, judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And over in Romans chapter 3, and I'll close. I want to share this with you. Romans chapter 3, beginning in verse 10. Now I'm going to start in verse 9. It says, this is Paul writing to the... the to the Romans. He said, what then? Are we better than they? No, and no wise. A lot of people get saved and they think they're better than everybody else in the world. We're not, folks. We're no better than, we're no better than the, the, 
the filthiest, low-down, stinking sinner that ever lived. We're no different other than we're saved by God's grace. He says, For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They all are all gone out of the way. They are altogether become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they, are, they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Sounds like the world today. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Abortion. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That's why they are what they are. That's why Christians live the lifestyle that they live, because there's no fear of God. Folks, let's learn to walk with fear. Let's walk with the fear in the fear of our Lord. And remember how holy our God truly is. And let's have the heart of a child. Let's have the heart of a child. I remember when I was young and, and I knew I did something wrong. And I knew that, that, that uh, my daddy was going to get a hold of me because I couldn't hide. I wasn't a very good hider when I did things. It was kind of too open and out. And <laughs> I was stupid. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to share one more thing with you. Brother Joe, you shared this this morning. I'm going to share it again. I already had it written on my notes even before Joe said anything about it. Solomon lived, wise, quote, wisest man that ever lived. But in the latter part of his days, he realized that his, the things he went after in life wasn't always the fear of the Lord. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Why? For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Folks, you, there are no secrets with God. There's no secrets. You can't hide anything. That thought that you had, it'll be brought forth one day. It's not been confessed. I'm a firm believer in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins... He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't care what you've done. God will cleanse you. If you don't understand about what it's like to, to walk in the fear of, the, of God, read some of Solomon's writings. Read the book of Proverbs. Follow the life of Paul. Folks, I'm telling you, we've got to learn to walk in the fear of the Lord. And, and we, need, we, need, we need to take that fear of the Lord that we're able to develop right now and we need to instill it in our teenagers, in our young children. And I hope and pray that we're, we're teaching our children the things that they need to hear in this church when they go to their Sunday school classes or their classes or their Wednesday nights uh, uh, classes that we have for the teens and for whatever. They need to understand that there's a reason to be afraid. That there, there is life after death, whether, whether they believe it or not. There's life after death. I don't care what the world's teaching them, it's wrong. There is life after death. And it's, and, it, and it's not pretty for those who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. We have got to learn to walk in the fear of the Lord and give reverence to our God because He's holy, because He's righteous, because He deserves it, because He died on that cross for our sins.